Hey, y'all. Welcome to Co-Parenting Past Chaos, a podcast that gives you a raw and unfiltered insight on marriage, divorce, the crazy adventures of co-parenting, and so much more with your hosts, April and Lauren. Not only are we best friends, we are also the wife and former wife of the same man. Join us each week as we take you on a journey inside our wild and chaotic lives and show you how we were able to forge and maintain a positive co-parenting relationship while collectively parenting a lot of kids with a few husbands. We're definitely not professionals and we'll probably get you into more trouble than you bargained for, but what we do have is a sense of humor, street smarts, and a few decades of experience under our wife, mom, and divorcee Bill. This Saint Your Mama's podcast. Welcome to episode 141 of Past Chaos. Oh, it's old now. It is. We is old. Anay, how was your week? <laughs> oh, my week was good. Woo! I was really stressed this week. We had, and we didn't have the boy, my boys this right. week, but for not having them, we had an extremely busy week. And it was so long. Oh man, it felt like the longest week. And I don't think we've had a rest day because we were busy all weekend long. Yeah. We had Haley's baby shower, which is our oldest daughter, this weekend. That always stresses me out. I love to host. I yes, really but do. you are a ball of stress. I am. I want everything to be perfect. I spend an entire week just cleaning the house, making sure mm-hmm. that... Because I always worry when people come into your house, especially people that have never been here. Like, are they staring at your baseboards to see if there's dust on them? Do they look in your refrigerator and see if it's dirty? Like, mine's not, but... I always worry about those kind of things. You would do those things to someone's I house. I really would. But I don't think I would. Well, I mean. You would. I probably judge a you little. You would. Because I grew up with my mom. Who exactly. Was like you. Yes. My mom was like me too. Uh-huh. And I, still is. I didn't get that, Jean. Go, oh, gosh. And I love that I'm like that. But I want my house to look like nobody lives in it. And there's lots of people that live here. Especially lots I of think kids. We do a good job, though. We just clean up after every too. little thing. It's fine. I, I hope everybody had fun though. Baby shower. I think it was amazing. I enjoyed it so so much. Yeah, we did a no kids event, like no little kids, yeah. because you know it's just easier mm-hmm. not having to wrangle them. So John had the little kids, and then we got to celebrate Haley, and it was really nice. It's her first baby, and she's talked to you about being kind of nervous, nervous. about. Actually giving birth. birth. Yeah. And it's going to, I know. Okay. So this will be my second grandchild, but this is Haley. This is your first baby. My first baby. Mm -hmm. And she's going to have her first baby. And we just have this really special bond. And I'm not going to be okay watching her be in pain. Oh, I know. You know, anytime your kids are sick or if they're in pain, you always want to take it from them. Yeah. And it's going to be really difficult for me. But Taylor said something really, very true. And she said, you know, it's Haley having this baby. And Haley has one of the strongest people. She really and is. And she has such a high pain tolerance. She is just tough as nails. So I know she's nervous. And but I, I just reminded her, I said, millions of women do this and have been doing this. Your body is made to do this. I know. And, and I can rationalize with Haley. Yeah. I've mm-hmm. always been able to. It's yes. because, you know, we grew up together since I was so young having her. But I've always been able to talk to her very matter-of-factly. Yes. So I think I'll be able to. Hopefully she chooses me. Oh, I think she will. If I'm yeah. going to be in there, I really hope so. I mean, you know, if she doesn't, it'll be fine. But I want to be there. I want to be there to protect my little tiny Aww. baby. So. Today was the first day I got to go with you. Yes. To the soccer mom thing. Because Tina is always at soccer. And so, since this year, the little boy started soccer, I got to go with you today. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm exhausted. 
from this day? Yes, 100%. I mean, we've got four boys Mm -hmm. between us. They're all in soccer. They're all in soccer. And I'm used to it. I've been doing this, I mean, since Haley was seven years old. But today, it was three different fields and... Two different locations. And oh, it was yeah. very people out there in this world. <laughs> now you know why I hate organized sports. I was kind of stressed. Mm-hmm. In the end, I was like, okay, I'm going to have to walk away because... <laughs> I looked at... Because this week is my week with the boys. And I looked at John and I said... So, uh, yeah, you're going to cover down on games next week, right? He was like, what are you talking about? It's your week. I said, I'm not going to, I'm not attending. I'm not attending. They're going to be with their daddy now. It is over for us. So last week, we hope everybody enjoyed our episode on having babies. That was so much fun. I liked talking about us giving birth. Got to have some good episodes in with these odd ones from time to time. Well, this week we're going to talk about self-destruction. Ooh, and I got a feeling that I'm going to, this is going to be one of those episodes where I overshare and it's okay because okay. I like being vulnerable and I'm, I always try to be honest. We both do. So I'm going to lay it on the line and just. I want to ask what you, what we think of each other, self-destructive behaviors. Like what do you think mine is and what would I say yours is? Okay. That's neat. Hmm. What do I think yours is? Well, okay. I think two things. <laughs> Is it because I already said them to you or you genuinely know this? Okay. This is just my thought. Okay. So I think one of yours is you run away from things. And I think that that can be self-destructive. It is. But the second one, I think you shut down. Oh, yes. Like you really shut down. Yes. You shut everybody out and you shut down. Yes. (laughs) Okay. I'm ready. I can take it. I really can. Okay. You have two as well. Oh, oh, I'm sure I have more. The first, yeah. The first one that comes to mind is your shopping. Oh, God. I w- Listen, I was making notes and I wrote that one for me. Yeah, you have a money spending. It, it fixes your problem. It does. And then I would say you're a tad dramatic no. about very small things, but it's like an outward dramatic. Like you have to make sure that everybody knows it's your release. You want to be mm-hmm. heard. Um, so your dramatics and your shopping. Probably yeah, a little I self-destructive. Agree. I really agree. <laughs> Look, well, yeah, I agree with you. Mine. It's different, though, for each circumstance. That's what I was going to say. Yes. I didn't understand this until you, because you chose this topic and it seems like a simple concept, but I guess I never really thought about it, that people handle things very differently and they heal differently. Life's challenges, I mean, they're difficult and they they are for us. And I think that we choose self-destructive patterns and we go back to these behaviors because they're comfortable. Mm -hmm. And in if you want growth or you want healing, you can't go back to those. That's a really big test because it's easy to do. I look at different situations that I'm in now and how I would have coped with them 10 years ago and the self-destruction that I used 10 years ago or even five years ago, really, and how self-aware I am now of those patterns. And I'm like, don't do it, Lauren. And it's Mm -hmm. so easy to fall back because I'm like a pro at it. But God, is it hard to choose a different, a different path. I have become so much more self-aware in the last five years, I guess. So I know those things. I recognize those things that I've done before and I'm choosing to not, well, no, I'm going to say I'm choosing to try not to do them. I'm trying not to have any self-destructive pattern anymore. I've watched it change from the pattern that I had when I was much younger. And we'll get into which ones, you know, what Mm -hmm. we chose. And then the one that I 
chose in my, I would say my 20s, and especially after my divorce, there was two very big ones that I chose. And then now I don't even want to choose any of them. I'm trying very hard to choose not to have one. And that sucks. Like, Mm -hmm. really, really, it's so hard. I want something that just gets, gives me that fix. Well, I find in pretty much any situation, whether it's relationships, friendships, just life in general, I will pour myself into something. Mm-hmm. Someone, something, some kind of fixer upper, a project. Right. It doesn't matter because if I do that, I don't have to think about the matter at hand. But it's become such a repetitive pattern in you that it's really, self-destructive. It's, yeah, mm-hmm. it is. So I thought we could go into relationships first, and more importantly, or more specifically, divorces because we've had some yes. of those. I know in my first divorce. I was very young when I got married to Jerry. So in turn, I was pretty young when we divorced. Mm -hmm. I thought I would die. I think we've discussed this before. Yeah. You know, it was my first big breakup or heartbreak. And I thought I was going to die. I thought I could not live without this man. And it's so funny. We're sitting here this weekend with Jerry because he came down for Haley's baby shower and there's so many things I can't even remember about us being together. Together, yeah. <laughs> You know, I think to myself now, that's a person that I thought I would physically die without. And look at me now living and all. <laughs> it's true, though. Heartbreak <gasps> feels like you're going to die. And yes. All you want is anything to numb that feeling. And or to I keep you alive. lots of things to numb yeah. the pain away. I kind of went wild because I was so young and I'd never had that dating experience. So I did. Oh, God, I don't want my mom to hear this, but I did go out with yeah. lots of different guys yeah. and I had never had sex with another man, only Jerry. Right. So I was like, oh, wow, I have this gift. It's called a vagina uh-huh. and I can use it and I can like men actually want it. And it makes me feel better for a little bit it does, it, because I'd gone through this severe state of depression when Jerry and I divorced and I slept as much as I possibly could because that was the only time I couldn't feel mm-hmm. the pain and the heartache. And if I wasn't sleeping or once that, once that stage of the depression wore off and I woke up, I wanted to go out. I wanted to see the world because I'd never seen it before. And then I realized that men were interested in me mm-hmm. and I, I don't, I don't think that I was this prize or this catch. Like in high school, I don't think I was the prettiest of my friends by any means. I didn't get a lot of attention from guys. So when I started getting it as an adult, oh man, it it was like a drug. It is. Oh yeah. 100%. And I craved it and I wanted it really bad. And it was very easy to get here in this town because we were surrounded by very young Marines. <laughs> and still easy to get. I had boobs <laughs> in a vagina. And so, you know, it wasn't hard to find somebody that wanted to see those things. So I did. That's, that's one of the things I did. I went out and I drank a lot. I drank a lot, lot. And I don't even know why. Like, it wasn't fun the next day. It wasn't fun for the next probably two or three days because I was hungover. That was a scary time. I look back now and I'm like, oh, that's so unhealthy. And it's terrifying. What could have happened to me during that time? Yeah, that's true. I mean, mine, my, so you're actually 
describing how I would describe my second divorce. My first divorce, I had completely different self-destructive patterns and behaviors. And I was still very, very young. And one of the self-destructive behaviors I had in my later years of high school was self-harm. And so I remember so vividly self-harming myself when my ex-husband, well, my husband at the time and I split up and my my mom found me on the bathroom floor with like, you know, a razor and blood and whatnot. I I don't know what my purpose was other than just you feel like you are dying. Mm -hmm. So you want to come as close to death as possible. And for me during that time, that was the only sense of release from the pain of my heartbreak was feeling pain. And between that and just an overabundance of communicating with that person, pouring my heart and my anger and my heartbreak onto them. I used to be extremely vocal and probably to a to a little bit of a crazy degree. I mean, that is crazy. Saying it now out loud, it sounds very crazy. Oh, I was his- yeah. I was hysterical. That's the only way to describe it. I felt like I was dying. So yeah, that was that was my self-destruction with my first heartbreak. That's interesting that you just brought that up because I would have never thought when you said your quote unquote crazy behavior. I would follow Jerry around this town, searching for him, trying to just get his attention. Mm -hmm. That's that's nuts. It's it's what's that movie? Fatal Attraction. Like, I'm bull your bunny crazy. I probably was with my first husband. Yeah, that was girl. I wish I could go back and smack that. Oh, and that's why when I see other women doing it, I just want to grab them. Sweet pea. Just let it go. Let it. It's not. What did we pass this girl on the oh. highway today as we were leaving one soccer game going to another and I look over and she's just bawling her eyes out and I was like, oh, honey, he's not worth it. It's going to be OK. Because, yeah. you know, she probably was crying over a guy. Yeah, he's not worth it. Just no. stop. Because, yep. you know what? In a few years, you're not even going to remember why you liked him in the first place. Exactly. That's it. Yeah. Um, I was much more mature my second divorce. Well, I don't know if I was much. <laughs> I was more mature my second divorce. I dealt with it very differently. I did go through a depression. You know, I wanted to go. I was just unhappy. And, you know, my thing is I have to sleep because, again, the only thing that will take the pain away is if I'm just not coherent. Yeah. When I was coherent, I drank a bottle of wine pretty much every night. That's how my second divorce was. I drank heavily. Now, I didn't go out at all. I mean, I stayed at home at that point. I did go out. Because I knew what the, I, see, I recognized the behavior from uh-huh. before. Oh, and I'm yeah. like, okay, I can't repeat that. I'm a little too old to be a hoe. Yeah. So I'm just going to stay at home and drink my sorrows. That was an unhealthy thing to do. Oh, yeah. I almost want to apologize to every man that I slept with after my second divorce because really they were just a fix. I mean, that was my self-destructive pattern was being a hoe, I guess if, you know, know. I wear the title, it's fine, but it was an old hoe carrying on. It absolutely was. I drank entirely too much and it wasn't, see, my second divorce is weird because I wasn't heartbroken necessarily. It was the circumstances that came after. So Mm -hmm. it had to do with custody and my children and how he was treating me. So I don't even know if you describe that as heartbreak. It's heartbreak for my kids. And I just went into full force Anything I could do to keep my mind distracted and myself numb, which was drinking in excess. Mm -hmm. You spiral. Uh Uh-huh. You know, because it's like, and I've never done drugs, but I imagine it to be that way. I'm surprised I didn't do drugs that time. I really am. Yeah. 
Super proud of myself, honestly, but looking back, surprised I didn't. Because drinking only gets you so far. Right. You know, it can Mm -hmm. only numb the pain because then you build up this tolerance and you're like, okay, this isn't even working anymore. The bottle of wine isn't working. Do I drink another one? Or, you know, it's so at what point do you just say to yourself, this is ridiculous. And it used to be like that. I couldn't even just buy one bottle. I knew that somehow I would go through the first and want another one. Mm -hmm. And then I wouldn't be able to leave the house to go get it. So I'd always buy two or three. Yep. It's sick. And I would always have, you know, people to come over and I, or people to take me out. I mean, it was, oh God, I did not value myself at all. I think that's what happened when I finally met John. And it was, you know, probably during that healing time, he was kind of going through the same thing in my mind. At least that's what I thought. So we had this bond over our marriages are ending and we'll just drink together and be miserable together. Look where that got us. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Here we are. Having six kids, one grandchild, and two more on the way, we know a thing or two about pregnancy. On top of the priority list is comfort. And that's why we're so excited to have found Kindred Bravely, because comfort is their mission. This premium maternity and nursing brand makes it so easy for moms to find functional, stylish, and comfortable clothing. They offer premium soft fabrics, including bamboo and organic cotton. And their wire-free bras for nursing, pumping, or both are very supportive and come in a wide variety of sizes, including special busty sizes for E-to-I cups. They have an eclectic range of sports bras, sleep and comfort bras, to versatile everyday bras, and so, so much more. It doesn't stop at ultra-comfortable bras. Kindred Bravely also carries undies, sleepwear, loungewear, activewear, bump-friendly tops and bottoms, nursing-friendly dresses, tanks, and tees. Tired of itchy hospital gowns? No, we want to look stylish and gorgeous in the delivery room. You have to check out their beautiful, flattering labor and delivery gowns. Visit kindredbravely.com for your stylish maternity and postpartum needs. Make sure you use our special discount code 20CHAOS. That's 20CHAOS for 20% off your purchase. A big thank you to Kindred Bravely for sponsoring this episode of Past Chaos. After... I decided to stop drinking. I think my life felt so out of control that I wanted something I could control. And what I could control was my body. Mm. I wanted it to look a certain way. So I wouldn't eat. I was just going to say this one. And I'm obsessed over working out. Yeah. And I was the smallest I'd ever been in my life. And I remember my kids and my mom and even Roy saying, what is wrong with you? It, nobody was. And I think that they thought a lot of people thought that, oh, it's John. She's met this new guy and he wants her to be skinny and look a certain way. And he never once has ever talked about my body or the way he wanted it to look. And I don't care what he wants. It's, you know, this is what I want. And my body is something that I can control. Mm-hmm. So I decided, you know what, I'm just not going to eat ever because it I don't know. It was like a punishment to myself. I mean, food is, oof, this is a hard one, right? Because like there's two types of people when it comes to food and depression and control. You either eat in abundance and that fills the void or you starve your body. I, and just like you, am the, I can't eat. Mm -hmm. It's not because I want to be thin. It is the only thing that can control something in the moment that I have control over when everything feels super out of control. And for me, especially when I'm depressed, I cannot eat. I physically will not be able to digest food. 
This most recent, and I've dealt with little heartbreaks here and there and different stressors in life throughout the years. And I've, I've still kind of always resulted back to, oh, a bottle of wine or, you know, call up an old flame, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it's been such a pattern. But getting out of this most recent relationship, because I had been consistently with one person, I started to pick up his bad habits or his self-destructive patterns. So when coming out of that, I looked at the old versions of myself. So with this one, I have slept more because like you said, when mm-hmm. you sleep, it you don't feel anything. I haven't wanted to drink. I haven't wanted to go out and be a, you know, hoe or get my fix. I haven't wanted. Now, initially I did starve myself. But again, I get disappointed because you don't want to fall back to those little patterns because then I don't heal from anything. Right. And then I'm right back to where I started and probably getting into another relationship that I shouldn't be in. Mm -hmm. Do you think about when you're in that moment, the embarrassment? Are you embarrassed of how you're behaving? So do you let anyone know what's going on? Because I don't. I hold it all in. And I would all I remember saying like when I would sleep all the time and my friends would start questioning me, I would always say, oh, I don't feel good. I'm not feeling good. That was my excuse. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I think with this particular one, I did not. You guys were very up close. You were front and center to all of the pain. In fact, a lot more people than ordinarily I have opened up to about it and been very vocal. Like, this is how I feel. I'm not okay. Like, I'm very depressed. You guys watched it. You saw it. Mm -hmm. And I vocalized it because I didn't want to get stuck in that depression. And if you don't talk about it, then you're going to stay there. You will. Mm -hmm. Because nobody's going to know to get you out. And that's what happened to me. I got stuck in it with Jerry. I got stuck in that depression because I refused to tell anybody. Because I I knew everybody had told me from day one, this is never going to work. And I hate to be wrong. I'm so Mm -hmm. stubborn. So I never wanted to admit that it was really happening. You know me, if I talk about it and if I admit it, then it's actually happening. Right. And I don't love that. So I just pretend it's not. And I pretend everything's okay. Because as long as I can pretend I have some sort of control over the situation, and that means that everything's going to be okay. I definitely don't want to, I never do a pretending, but I will avoid processing it. Oh, yeah. I will avoid it and I will hold off and I will hold off and hold off. And that's very self-destructive because all you're doing is bottling up every emotion and now you're not I I don't know how to handle them. So then they all come up at once and they boil over or I'm a raging bitch and nobody knows why. You know, I want I wanted this time. And I think you would you would agree that the older you get and the more you are self-aware of those patterns in the past and you try to change them. You also want to make sure that you're letting other people know so that you would know what the signs to look for. Yes. You would know, okay, Lauren is down a self, she's she's mm-hmm. right back down her self-destructive path again. And I want friends that are going to know to call me out on it. I did this time and you have to me in the past because we've learned each other so much and I love that. I love that about us that we know when each other is going through something and what our patterns are and what we're getting ready to do to ourselves because I have in the past self-sabotaged my relationships Mm -hmm. because things aren't going right with me. And I have a big, huge fear of rejection. So in my mind, if I just end it first, then they can't hurt me by walking away from me. So I sabotage those relationships and it's sick. It's such a sick thing. I sabotage myself just because I put walls up and will never Mm -hmm. let them back down. Yeah, you do. 
Yes, you do. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I'm I'm very (gasps) self-aware. Stressful situations. What are some things that you do just in general in life? Self-destructive behaviors. Like for me, I overthink things. If things are really wacky in my life. I become very negative. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, well, this is this is worst case scenario now. Yeah. I'm going to jump ship. Yeah, nothing's going to happen good for yep. you. Just die. Yeah, that's <laughs> basically it. Yeah. Yep. I throw myself a pity party. Oh, yeah. Feeling sorry for myself. I can, oh, I can nobody do that loves one. me. Like, come on, lady. Seriously. Yeah. Get, I don't let you do that one. No. Though. And it's gross. I think about it. I'm like, oh, gosh, I'm, I sound just pathetic when I do that. But and the, I hate it. You're self-aware enough to even hear yourself. That's good. Yeah. And I don't like what I'm hearing. Because if you were just repeating the same Pity party over Punch and me over. right in the wiener. 100%. Because that's not who I want to be. And another thing I know that I do is shop because it makes me feel good. Now, here's the thing. I'm very good with money. I'm, I don't shop. I'm not going out buying red bottoms. I'm shopping, right. you know, most of the time I'm doing something to my house because I yes. love that. Okay. That's what I do. But I've noticed like when I've been in a depression lately, I've stopped myself. Now, I'll still get certain things, but nowhere near the way I used to be. It just feels that's a void. A good, yeah. It, I mean, that's how I think drink, drinking was for me. And I have not hardly drank. This, as of like this last week, this is the most I've drank in two, two months. We drank last night. That, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Last night in general, in the last two months. But I mean, I cut my bangs. I mean, that's pretty, that's as far as you can go off the cliff, guys. Yeah. <laughs> when you're going through a breakup, if you cut your bangs, you know shit just got real. It did. It got real, real. I changed my whole personality. Oh. <gasps> I think a lot of people turn to alcohol. They have unhealthy eating habits. They sleep their lives away. They also have poor hygiene. Like some people, you know, I think you do. Yeah, I was just going to say, my hand I'm is not raised. meaning to call you because, out. But like it, it does. People do. They're like, ugh, I don't, you know, I don't even want to shower. I don't want to look. And mine isn't not, ne- it's not necessarily I don't shower because I do shower, but I just won't look good. I, d- I refuse to put on makeup oh, or do yeah. my hair. So I look homeless. I have made it a point to not do that, except when it comes to brushing my teeth. Because, yes, I do not brush my teeth every day. And She's that is so gross. That is really gross. <laughs> I've gotten really lazy with that. But I do make it a point every single morning. And I have. I've pushed through it now. And it's now become a habit to put on something nice for work, shave at least a fourth of my legs. <laughs> And I blow dry my hair and put on makeup. So I look and I feel good. And by the end of the day, I'm glad that I did those things. Yeah. Even today, like, we're just going to soccer. I did my hair because I wanted to just feel good. And I tried to at least look presentable and cute. I wore a dress yesterday. That means that is a lot. That I did. Yeah. Because I used to dress up every day. But just lately, I just haven't felt like, you know. Yeah. It's not feeling it. Not feeling the dress up. (laughs) I don't have anywhere to go. So but at I'm the end of the day, like we can end up in PJs. And that's I just keep that in mind. Oh, when the bra comes off and the elastic goes on. Well, if you're Lauren, day. the bra never goes on. Who were we having a conversation yesterday about not wearing Like, I just don't like wearing a bra. I, I know that's bra. terrible. Is that that's self-destructive? I don't have one. Bra? I didn't wear a bra all day today. Free the top toss. Heck yeah. Free the nipples. I love that. Do you think sex is a reckless behavior? Yes. Oh, yes. I am the queen of that. It's at the top of my self-destructive behavior pattern list. Yes. Do you think reckless behavior is self-sabotaging? Like, you know, driving fast or 
cliff diving or those types adrenaline. of adrenaline. Adrenaline. Yes. There yes. you go. I, I actually saw a therapist years ago and she was like, you have an adrenaline addiction. And it's, it's so true. And that's one of the things that you can get filled with sex, like by sex. Oh. It rushes your adrenaline, you know, getting a piercing, getting a tattoo, going skydiving, you know, those things are fixes, especially if you're using them to cope with something. So what are we going to do? What are things that you should do? Probably therapy. Therapy, good one. Healthy exercise. I've I started running. Yeah, where we've been going I to the gym. I do love to run. That does yep take away a lot of my anxiety and stress. I think getting into the habit of either reading and writing, meditating, mm-hmm. yoga. Those are all things that I chose to put. On I my love list journaling. I and I've always loved that. Mm-hmm. And you know what's very therapeutic for us is this, our podcasting. You know, sometimes it does get overwhelming. Like, okay, we've got so much to do and there's so many kids and so many different day-to-day tasks that we have as wives and mothers and women. But this is something that we really enjoy. I mean, it's our job, but it's something that we love. Yeah. I mean, I think another thing which I would have never have imagined it would be so changing for me, but as simple as sitting down in the mornings with you, even with 1500 kids running around, but having a cup of coffee, Mm -hmm. like in complete stillness. And it's just 10 minutes, but it's like, we've run around since 4.30 in the morning. Mm -hmm. We know that we're about to start running around for the next eight hours. Yeah, But we take that 10 minutes to sit and just enjoy our coffee and have a quick conversation. And that has been so therapeutic for me. You know what it is? that we have and it's something that you've never really enjoyed or been a part of is a routine. Yeah. We have a routine and we have a good thing going. And I think it's something that, well, I look forward to it every day. I, oh my gosh, it's what gets me up and out of bed. It makes like when that 4.20 a.m. alarm yes. clock goes off, I'm like, you know what? I don't hate this because I'm getting up with my best friend. I'm going to the gym and this is it's going to be a good day. I know. And then we have like our little hour routine when we get back from the gym. I go to work. We come back. Like our Sundays are so less chaotic, I think, than they used mm-hmm. to be. I feel so much more relaxed I with a routine. Too. And I never thought that I would. I never thought that you Also, would. <laughs> never thought I'd be in this committed of a relationship. But look at me. But look at us now. <laughs> look at us all committee and stuff. <laughs> It's really, really nice. Okay, y'all get in touch with us. We love to hear from our listeners. Send us topics that you'd like us to discuss. And if you want to learn more about us and hear all of our stories from the beginning of this chaos, please visit our website, pastchaos.com. Do you want a more personal insight into the craziness that is our lives? Follow us on our social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And also, you can now stream season one of You, Me, and My Ex on Discovery+. Plus. Well, well, (laughs) so listen, you've been a busy little bitch. I, you know, I really have. This did not, this took a turn. I did it. This whole thing definitely took a turn for me. What, a month after I got on Tinder with Heather's. (laughs) This is a new Tinder swindler over here. (laughs) Heather's management of my (gasps) Tinder and I have been banned. So I am now banned from Tinder. Kind of cool to say, actually. Like who gets banned from Tinder? I don't know. And they don't give you a reason. Who do I need to talk to about this? Because. That was like my version of adult candy crush. So now we're left with Hinge, which I don't get on very often and it's not as exciting. I really feel bad because there is nothing for this segment right now other than 
the news that Lauren, in fact, does not have any other dates lined up. Well, she is mad at me. I'll tell you why. Because one of her hinge things. What are the, what is it a called? Match. match. Okay, your hinge matches. They messaged her and said that they recognized her from the gym. Yes. And then he wanted a picture of the girl on TV. <laughs> this is just my life now. I find it to be hilarious. However, we do have to change gyms now because... We just can't keep going back there. If yeah, but I do recognize with the person that I have somehow managed to get two sort of three dates out of um, because he's the only person that has asked me, which is so sad. I <laughs> sad for so you. Pathetic. Not him. I know. April's like, I really thought this would be more exciting. I did. I you thought, wow, single. like every week you're going to have this new dating story. I mean, it's dry over here. It's the Sahara. It, it, it's dry. Um, yeah. But, but hey, when you did go out on a date this week, I learned a new term and I need you to explain this to everybody else. <laughs> I will. Because I'd, I'd never heard this before. Um, Someone told you that you needed to pack a hoe bag. Yes. Pack a hoe bag. I've heard a hoe down, but not a hoe bag. A hoe bag is a small bag or a small amount of items that you can put into your purse in case you happen to be staying the evening with said person. Okay, so, so if you you're pack, getting a booty call. Yeah, if you're getting a booty call or if you think that the evening might lead to more, you just throw a few items together. And ladies, the items, you know, to follow are like toothpaste, deodorant, an extra pair of underwear. Like that's a hoe bag. Maybe shoes so you don't have to walk back in the house barefoot. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> just a thought <laughs> that's all the time we have for tonight thanks so much for listening and hanging out with us if you'd like to find out more about the Kirks and our big blended family visit our website at pastchaos.com make sure you don't miss out on any of this train wreck and chaos by hitting the subscribe button if you really want to get personal follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and TikTok be sure to tune in every Sunday when we release new episodes we would really appreciate it if you would subscribe to and review our podcast. And just so y'all know, we love Jesus, but we cuss a little.